I wanted you to see that video because those are the people who produced this book. This book is the Bible. It's the New Testament. It's the, uh, from the beginning of the how the, when the New Testament was uh, written, the story at the beginning of Jesus' life all the way to the end. And so we want to make sure that if you have never received one of these coming to our church and if you would want one of these books, it is, uh, they're free, they're available. We have some up here at the front, especially if you are going to engage over the next couple of months in a community group where you're going to gather with other people in a house, in an office, in a building somewhere, and you're going to gather with them and you're going to just get together and talk about what it is that you've been reading. Our goal is, is for, for us to read the whole New Testament in eight weeks, starting from the first part of February all the way to the end of March. And so we want to, you to engage in these groups and being involved with some other people uh, discussing the Word of God. I think that is, to me, that is like the next step that we must take as the body of Christ. We got to be with some other believers discussing the Word of God. What does it say? What are the things that challenge us about it? What, how does it teach us about loving God and about loving others? And so we are going to we're going to be doing something over the next couple of weeks, and I want, to, I want to start right now, okay? So I want to start right now. I want you to, if you have a bulletin, all right, one per family is fine, or one per individual. If you don't, if you didn't have, get a bulletin, uh, raise your hand real quick. Okay, we got a few here, all right? A few back here. All right, so with that bulletin, there is that tear-off sheet, and I want to encourage everyone right now to, to fill it out. If you've already given us all your information, all you got to do is put your name on it. If, you've, if you haven't given us your information, we'd encourage you to do that. We will not sell it to anybody. We will not abuse it. We'll use it actually to, to encourage you and to let you know. So Joy is back here. If you need a pen, if I need a pen, I got one. I'm not going to share it with you. All right. We have, if we, we have pens back there too. All right. If you don't have a pen, see maybe some people around you. Okay. This is just pre-sermon. This is not counting. It's not cutting into my sermon time, by the way. I just want you to know. All right, so, all right, here's what I want you to do. You fill that out because you're going to turn that in at the end of the service as you're leaving, and there's an offering basket uh, at the back of, and one over here too, so you drop that in as you're leaving. Here's what I want you to do. On the back side of it, if you have a prayer request, please give us that. And also, if, you, if you've experienced some prayers answered, share some good news with us too. We would love to hear about that. But on the bottom line of that that little slip for you as an individual or for you as a, a couple or, or a family or whatever, I want you, if you are open, if you're open to participating in a community group where they call them a small group or a life group or whatever, we, we'll call them for this particular experience, the community Bible experience, we'll call them a community group. If you're open to experiencing that, I want you to let me know the best time for you. What night's the best time for you? What day's the best time? What time works for you? And we will do our best to try to find a group for you, okay? And so this is your opportunity to let us know. We're taking a survey right now. Hey, Wednesday nights are great for me. Uh, Wednesday nights are not good for me. Thursday nights are better for me. The day and the time. Does that make sense? Okay? Now, if you say, Brady, uh, I'm not a theologian. I don't, like, know everything about the Bible. But I would love to host a group where people can come to my home. And just, let's get together, let's, we'll eat together, we'll fellowship together, and we'll just go through the few questions that are on this slip. It's all here for you. You don't have to do anything other than just read the Bible and then prepare for your time together. 
So we want to know, and if you are interested in leading a group or hosting a group, then number one, you, got, you need to let me know, all right? And number two, if you are available on Saturday morning, this next Saturday it's coming up, at 10 a.m., we're going to gather all of the community group leaders. We're going to have a, just a real short training time, really just to encourage you uh, how to facilitate a group, what it looks like in your home. Then, then I would invite you to come to that. It'll last a couple, about an hour and a half, the max, and it'll be good. We'll have some snacks, we'll, whatever. But this is going to be 10 a.m., and it's going to be at the church office. You know, our church has an office, and we use this space, and it's up in, um, if you know where Dr. Westfall's dentist office is, or, Dr. Sh- or Bob Shaw, he's a lawyer, there's a little strip center there. It's diagonally across from the Wells Bank and what used to be Apple Market. It's on the same side of 92 Highway as that. And just kind of diagonally across, there's a little strip center. And it's in suite number five, okay? Suite number five, there in that office place, 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. We encourage you to come if you want to lead a group. Because we just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. And you don't have to be an expert to make that happen. We, would just, we just want you to be available to, um, to just do community with other people and do life with other people. Does that make sense? Good? Okay. So if you didn't get one of these books, make sure you get one today, okay, if you want one, because we're about ready to run out of them. So we got a few left, so make sure you grab some. Grab one of those Bibles. I have a funny story to tell you from my experience. I know some of you might be surprised, but I was at Starbucks the other day. I know it's hard to believe, but I was at Starbucks. I still, I still got some balance on my gift cards, and I got to use those up. Once that's done, I probably won't be at Starbucks anymore. But I was at Starbucks, and just recently, I had, I had a, a friend request from a missionary or an evangelist in Pakistan. I was a little skeptical at first because I'm thinking, my guess is they're probably going to want me to give them money. But this young evangelist there who ministers to orphans and widows never asked me for any money. She just wanted to know, like, what life was like in America, what life in the American church, and would you pray for us, and we will pray for you. I said, that's great. Shortly after that, I got a friend request from another evangelist, a pastor in her same community that does these uh, crusades, and they go around all over wherever they, wherever they can find space, places like this, and they do these crusades, and they, they pray for people, they um, worship, and they just lift up the name of Jesus. And he showed me some pictures, and it's just hundreds of people packed into just wherever they can find space. Not nearly as convenient and comfortable as where we are today. And so it's fascinating. And so I began to dialogue with him back and forth. And I was sitting there and I was talking to him and to her. And, you know, they were asking questions about my family. And I was asking them questions too. And then he said, um, he says, Pastor Brady, can I call you? And I was like, well, well sure. Yeah, go ahead and call me. So it was Facebook. Um, you could call on Facebook. It's actually like FaceTime. You can see them and they can see me. That was really fascinating. There he is in this little humble place that he lives in. He showed me, introduced me to his wife and his three little kids, and his, he had another little one that was sleeping. And, uh, and I didn't want to be that guy. You know, that guy at Starbucks that's on uh, the phone call, and he's so loud and obnoxious, everybody else can hear what he's saying. Like, he thinks he's the most important person in the world, and nobody else matters. I didn't want to be that guy, so I was trying to be really discreet, and I had the phone just far enough away where he could see me, and I could, he could hear me because I had my earphones on, and we're talking. And, and so, towards the end of the conversation, he said, he says, Pastor Brady, I'm going to pray for you. 
I was like, man, that's wonderful. Thank you. I would love, anytime you want to pray for me, I'll take it. He's like, no, I'm going to pray for you now. No, that's great, man. Go ahead. Pray for me now. Don't wait. Do it now. You know, he's like, okay, I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Now I want you to raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> now I want you to stand up and close your eyes and raise your hand. <laughs> and it was at that particular moment I don't want to over-spiritualize this because in my flesh, I did not want to. No, I did not want to. I was like, no. I don't want to say no. <laughs> no, I'm in Starbucks in a public place. This is weird, all right? In America, this is weird. I mean, in Pakistan, maybe it's normal. I don't know. But this is weird. There's people here. They're, they're close to me. I didn't say anything. I was like, I just going through this inner dialogue, you know? But then, you know, I, I, I did over-spiritualize it in some sense. I was thinking, but man, Jesus hung on a tree for me. Oh, like, for crying out loud, I can stand up in a public place. So I did. But I'll just be honest with you, I turned around. <laughs> the bar's like back here, you know, the wall's here. There's people here. There's people here. And he's like, all right, I want you to close your eyes and raise your hand. Raise your hand high. And I'm like, is this high enough? <laughs> you know, this is, this is okay. So I was like, you know what, forget it, man. I'm just hand in the air. He's praying for me. I don't know what people are thinking. I, I guess at this point I don't really care. You know, he's praying, and he's praying in Urdu, his language, and he's praying in English, and he's praying in his, his language. And, and i just be honest with you. I was like, God, I hope this is a short prayer. I hope this is not a really, really long prayer. And he prayed and blessed me. It was powerful. I've never had that experience in Starbucks, obviously, before. But, I, but I, I share that story with you, for one, I think it's just kind of funny. But at the, but, at, but the same sense, I think when you have the opportunity to pray for someone, and you've heard me say this before, don't say, oh, well, I'll be praying for you. Do it right then. Don't miss. Man, people are rioting in America. They're not ashamed to do that. Let's not be ashamed to be bold for the Lord. Not be obnoxious. You don't have to be obnoxious about it and draw all this attention to yourself. But just say, you know what? I'll just pray for you right here, right now. Don't be afraid to do that. So anyway, that's my story. Luke 15. Luke chapter 15. Now, if you picked up one of these books today, you can actually turn to Luke. And on this particular Bible, it's page 35. And it's about two-thirds of the way down. But Luke chapter 15, starting at the very beginning of the chapter, if you have a Bible, a regular Bible that has the numbers in it and the chapters. Here's how we're going to finish our time this morning. We're going to finish our time this morning listening to, we're going to watch it, it's a video, it's on YouTube, but it's a song when the, wor the words will be up on the screen. But it's a, it's a powerful song to kind of bring this message home. And it's, it's just really to, to touch your heart. I mean, that's my goal, my desire, is it for, you, for it to touch your heart this morning and for you to take everything that you're about ready to hear and make it your own. Okay, so I'm just going to set that up. That's how we're going to finish our time this morning. So Luke... Chapter 15. So I, there's three characters in the story that I'm going to share with you this morning. And I'm going to, I'm going to call on, I'm going to call on three guys 
Three guys that are willing to hang with me this morning and to come up here and stand, and they're going to help me with this story, all right? I know for you introverts, you're, you're freaking out right now. I'm not going to call on you. You're extroverts. You're like, yes, it's my time to shine. Where are you at? You, you can bring your Bible if you want, or you can leave it there. I know Jacob. Yeah, Jacob will do it. Jacob's kind of like Mikey. You know, he'll do anything. <laughs> Joe, where are you at? Joe, you can come up here. You'd be good because you would be a good father figure, all right? We'll, we'll, we'll let Jacob, Jacob, which one do you want to be? You want to be the prodigal son or you want to be the, the obnoxious brother who stayed home? Or who do you want to be? Prodigal. You want to be the prodigal? Got that wild beard and that <laughs> slick haircut, all right? Joe's going to be the father, okay? All right, I need, I need one more. Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy's like, not me, not me. All right, who, who else? Come on. Mike? No, you're sitting there with your mom. You're hanging with your mom. That's awesome. Come on, one more guy. Come on. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. All right. So, so these guys are going to help me out this morning, and they are going to, they're going to change their, their position and kind of their, their hand gestures based on what's going on in the story, okay? And so I'll let you guys kind of interpret that. Like, for the father, my guess would be, like, even saw, like, <laughs> yeah, he's ready to beat up his brother, all right? So the father, it, you know, he, he, hands, he hands his son his, his inheritance. And then after his son leaves, he's probably, he's probably praying. He's definitely looking because it says in the Bible. Like, so just kind of like, just play along, all right? We'll see how well they do. It's just totally impromptu. This is not rehearsed. This is, <laughs> he gave him the keys to the car. Yeah. This is kind of like back to my youth pastor days where we'd have to engage students to get them to pay attention so we'd make them act them out. So there's the brother. He's like, what is going on? All right. So, yeah, so this will keep you guys, for those of you that have t trouble staying, paying attention, this will be good for you guys. All right. So this is Luke chapter 15. So let's set the story real quick. Set the scene. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Right? See, so this picture of these people, they're gathering, they're coming around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so in this story, you could say that the, the prodigal son is like you and me, a lot like you and me. We are... We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. It's just that we're all in the same boat when it comes to that. And we can all look at evidence in our life to prove that that's true. All right? And so the older brother, now Jesus is telling this story because he's got the sinners and the tax collectors. They're all there listening. And so he's telling this story. He's trying to get their attention, obviously. And the older brother would be more like the, the um, Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the, the religious, the people who who should be living it out even in a greater measure, but yet sometimes miss what's going on. Um, they kind of more about what's going on, on the outside, and they miss what really should be happening on the inside. So you got the Pharisees, you got the, the prodigal son, and then you have the father in the story represents the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all that encompasses who God is. Okay? So Joe, you get to play God today. All right? So... So Jesus tells him three stories. The first story is about a man who loses his sheep. He goes out, he leaves the 99, goes and finds the one, brings them home. They have a great celebration because he said there's great rejoicing over a sinner who repents and puts her faith in Jesus. Okay, great rejoicing. 
And then he tells another story about a woman who loses a coin. She loses one out of ten. She rips her, part, her house apart. She finds the one. When she finds it, she brings her friends. They celebrate. And the angels rejoice over one who was found. And it goes from a hundred to ten to one. So Jesus is bringing it home. He's getting their attention. He's like, he's like zero, stay with me here because this is going to get good. And then he goes on, and this would be in verse 11, where he starts to tell the story about the man with two sons. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons, the younger one who said to his father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. So in this particular case, two-thirds of the property would have belonged to the older brother, one-third would have belonged to the younger brother, okay? So he would have got twice as much as the younger brother, but the younger brother got what was his, and it says not long after that, the younger brother, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach, it says, with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, which is one of my favorite lines in this whole story, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. Ah. (laughs) The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then one of the biggest buts in all of Scripture. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began (laughs) to celebrate. (laughs) Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out to one of his servants and he asked him, what is going on? And they said, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed a fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The old brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, he says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours was squander- has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours was dead 
and is alive again. He was lost. Now he's found. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up to our actors. <laughs> we have all sinned and fall sh- fallen short of God's glory. Every single one of us can identify with the prodigal son. We know that the wages of our sin is always death. There's always some type of death involved. Listen to this quote. Sin always promises more than it gives, takes you further than you want it to go, and leaves you worse off than you were before. Always. Sin promises freedom, but brings great slavery. Just ask Adam and Eve. But, Scripture also says in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess our sin, he forgives us of our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And when we come to the Father in the same spirit of brokenness, in the same contriteness that the Son had, like what if the Son would have came home and demanded that the Father take him back? You know, with the same kind of arrogance that he left with, he came home with that arrogance. What if? But instead, it says he comes with a broken heart, and the Bible says that God will never deny a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Like, when you come to him that way, when we approach the Father that way, what we see is God's graciousness overshadowing our sinfulness. And I, and I don't know about you, but I'm living proof of that in my life. Living proof of that. It's God's kindness that leads us to a place of repentance. It's, it's knowing that this gracious Father is waiting for us to come home. I love where it says in the passage where the Father looked and he saw his son and had compassion on him. In the Greek, the word compassion literally gives a sense of a gut-wrenching kind of like it just overcomes you where you just like, I cannot help but be just overwhelmed and compassionate towards this person. The way we are to our children when they're hurting. Jesus, in Matthew 9, 36, says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Gut-wrenching to the core. So the son comes home and what does his father do? Instead of of treating the son the way he should have been treated, should have given the son, instead of giving the son what he deserved to, to receive because of his disobedience, it says he was given a robe which is a sign of dignity and honor, proof of the prodigal's acceptance back into the family. More than likely, it was probably one of his dad's robes. He was then given a ring, 
which is a sign of authority or a statement of sonship. Romans 8, 14-16 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. I mean, that's what, his, that's what the son was willing to be, right? He was willing to come home and just be a hired servant. I'll just take that because that is better than this. Rather, the spirit you received brought, you, or brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, and this is this powerful phrase, by him we cry, Abba, Father. Daddy, God. We can approach the Father with this childlike faith, this childlike expectancy that the Father, if we lift up our hands, he's going to actually pick us up. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. And then he gave him some sandals. A sign of not being a servant. (laughs) Because servants did not wear shoes, but sons do. And then he killed a fattened calf. In the Old Testament, the, the fattened calf would have been saved for the Day of Atonement, for the shedding of blood to represent uh, the freedom of God's people being set free from Egypt. There would have been this, this sense of the shedding of blood brings about forgiveness. And think about Jesus telling the story before the cross. He's telling the story. He said, the fattened calf was killed, blood was shed. And I know that Jesus, like, I can't give away the rest of the story here because, but Jesus, like, you just, just wait. <laughs> just wait until after the cross. When you see this, it's going to be powerful. So, had the boy been dealt with according to the law, the old way of doing things, there would have not been a celebration. There would have been a funeral. Because he had every right to end his son's life because of his disobedience. In that culture, what he did was one of the worst things you could possibly do to your father. Because when he said, give me my inheritance before you're even dead, it's just like saying, I just wish you were already dead. Give it to me like it belongs to me. There would have been a funeral. But instead, there's this incredible celebration. Listen to what it says in Psalm 103, verse 10 through 13. It says, The Lord does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. A father, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So what about the older brother? There's a lot of attention that goes to the little brother. And sometimes we miss the graciousness and the forgiveness of the father. But what about the older brother? Well, who did he represent in the story? Remember? The Pharisees, right? The teachers of the law. The, the religious ones. The ones who on the outside look like they have it all together. Know anybody like that? 
Listen, there's a temptation sometimes to walk into church and try to be that. I'll just be honest with you. Like, I got to get it all together. I got I to gotta make people think that Pastor Brady has it together. Well, the reality is, is I don't. <laughs> you hang around me long enough and you'll, yeah, that's true. He's just like us. He's, he's, he's struggles just like we do. But the Pharisees practiced a lot of like, look at me on the outside. And he even told his father about all the different things he had done for his father this whole time. Never disobeyed. Never. And even go to the place where he just kind of disowned his brother, this son of yours. And the father was like, no, no, no. This brother of yours has come home. Like, let's not forget Let's not forget that when we walk into this place like this on a sunny morning, we're all on level ground. <laughs> not one of us have it more figured out than the other. I mean, some of us may be desiring to walk closer to the Lord and we've got some things figured out in our life, and some of us may not. But when it comes to the cross, <laughs> the ground is level there. And so this older brother... You know, Jesus was really telling this story, and you know that the Pharisees who were there listening, and along with the tax collectors and the sinners, you know that they were like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is he talking about us? Are you talking about me? <laughs> Maybe sometimes when you come to church, you're like, oh, are you talking about me? Oh, yeah, you are talking about me. <laughs> Maybe the, the sinners and the tax collectors, they were all like, man, this is an awesome story. I like how this story ends. The, the older brother missed God's mercy. He just missed it in his brother's life. Ladies and gentlemen, please, I don't ever want you to miss God's mercy. Not only in your own life, but in the life of those around you. God can show mercy to whomever he chooses. Even people we don't agree with politically, spiritually, <laughs> You know, whatever it is, other issues that we have here on this planet, God can show mercy to them just like he shows mercy to you. Yeah, I feel the same way sometimes. <laughs> He's talking to me now. He's heckling me. Hey, knock it off. Aren't you glad that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise? As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. It says in Scripture in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Do you know that's the Father's heart to you today? That's his desire for all mankind. It's to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and let, let him take care of all the other details. The father's desire in the story was always for the son to come home. And that's the heavenly father's desire for you. From the moment that you're born, born into sin, cursed with all mankind, <laughs> his desire is for you to come home. That's why you breathe in and out today. Last week, when we missed being together, which I hate not getting to be together. So we decided to do a little live thing on Facebook, and it was kind of fun. Some people popped on. 
There's uh, one of the ladies that's here this morning. She, she put this quote up on the screen when we were going through that time together last week. She says, I think we all desire to be found. I mean, don't we? I mean, think about a little child playing, playing hide-and-go-seek. And they go and they hide, but deep down inside, they want to be found. So much that they will hide in the, just right out in the wide open space. Because they, they don't want to be lost. They want to be found. I think we all desire to be found. And we all know at some point we have been lost. We all know that, right? There has to be a realization. At some point, I was, I was just as lost. I was feeding pigs somewhere. And then I came to my senses. For me, it was on the floor of my apartment when my wife walked out with my two-and-a-half-year-old little girl at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's when I came to my senses. It says, we all know at some point we have been lost, and to be loved enough unconditionally by our Savior is powerful. <laughs> and that's the kind of love the Father has for you and me. If it's based on our performance, we're all in trouble at some level. But it's not based on our performance. It's based on this core reality that we belong to the Father. That we are His. He created us so that we could be His. I adopted my son and my daughter so that they would be mine. My name's on their birth certificate as their father. And when you come to know the father, when he adopts you into his kingdom, his name is on your birth certificate. Say, I am a child of God. Not born of natural descent. Born from heaven. That's my identity. That's who I am. And that's what the son received when he came home. And his father proved it to him in real practical ways. All right, so this video, I, w I just want you to, to go with me and to just listen to the words of the song. And if you feel like singing along, as you get it, sing along. If you feel like standing up, if you feel like coming and praying, whatever. Really, the, the choice is yours. Tony's gonna, we're gonna take down the lights. When I heard this song the first time, I, I thought about this moment, and I thought about our time together. And if you don't know, I'm a, I kind of live by my, I'm an emotional person, and the song brought tears to my eyes, and I knew it was from the Holy Spirit. And so, hopefully, it'll touch your heart as well. Father, we're grateful that you long for us. You 
with gut-wrenching compassion. You long for us to come running so that you can then run to us. Lord, your word says when we draw near to you, draw near to us. So Father, I pray that's what we've done today. We've drawn close to you. And in the midst of that, you'll help us with whatever it is that we're walking through this day. Um, Just like you are with the Ventura family, God, would you be with us, each and individual family that walks out of here today. Would you help them to know that you are closer (laughs) than the skin on their bones. God, you're there with you because you put it there, Lord. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you're willing to receive us no matter where it is that we've been. God, you're willing to walk with us this day. We thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you do through the offerings that are given here at the Calling Community Church. May you bless each individual penny that's given to bring about your kingdom here in this community. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Remember, if uh, you filled out that that slip, when you have the information on the back of it, please place it in one of the baskets as you're leaving. And then if you still need one of the books, please come and grab one of these before you leave today. You'll need this for the, for the Bible experience. So please uh, take one of those. Thank you.